at our house, we have a tradition. We had one. I don't know how it's working so much now. The youngest member of the family would read the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. And uh, so today, I'm going to read that, even though I'm not the youngest. And uh, we're going to just make a few thoughts, uh, have a few thoughts about that. Um, because this is what we've been waiting for, isn't it? I, I mean, you, you start thinking about Christmas way ahead of time. You start thinking about gifts and all of that kind of stuff and getting everything ready and uh, family and uh, and the people of Jesus' day were thinking about it, whether they knew what they were thinking about or not. They were thinking about the coming of the Messiah and they weren't really ready for it. You know, maybe we're not really ready for Christmas either. Maybe there's still some things to do when you get home. Maybe some things to finish baking and all that kind of stuff. They weren't ready either. And yet, um, it was the right time. Uh, and so, in, in God's time, he sent his son. Uh, so, Luke chapter 2. Uh, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So, all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. A decree. A decree from Caesar Augustus that everyone had to go be registered, apparently to be taxed, you know, um, and because Joseph was a son of David, he had to go back to the city of David, to Bethlehem. Now, it seems like possibly that, um, that Mary and Joseph were planning on staying in Nazareth for the baby to be born in Nazareth, where everything was done and taken care of and the house was there or whatever, and that's where they wanted to stay. But because of the prophecies, because of the fact that the baby, the, the baby Jesus, the Messiah, had to be born in Bethlehem Ephrathah, God used or caused to happen world events 
so that Jesus the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem to fulfill the prophecy. And so, um, so they went to be registered. And it's interesting because I, I, I love this, this phrase, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife. Okay? Because at first, when they're betrothed, they're not really yet their wife. It's considered a strong, strong enough uh, covenant that they consider them their wife. But I love it. It doesn't just say his betrothed or his wife. It puts both those texts together, both those words together, so we can see the fact that they had not yet consummated that marriage, his betrothed wife. Now, the question is, why did she go? She didn't have to go. She wasn't from there. He's the only one that had to go and be registered. But she went because God was working, because God prophesied, because God needed his son to be born in Bethlehem. She went, maybe in her mind, she went because she didn't want to be without her husband for that long. She wanted uh, to be with him. She wanted to be where he was. She wanted him to be there when the time came. And maybe she understood that the time was getting close. And if he was gone at that time, he wouldn't be there to support her during the time of the birth and be there to rejoice with her when the baby was born. So for whatever reason in her mind, she went. She went to Bethlehem. And while it was there, while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And, and it's so interesting that there's, um, there's two verses here. You know, and you see this whole thing about the birth of Jesus. 20 verses altogether, but right there on the birth of Jesus, there's two verses. And while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. This tells me, and I could be wrong. I've been, been wrong several times, even two or three today so far. And, but this tells me that it's very possible that they were there for a more of an extended period of time than what we expect or what we think about. That they were there for three, four, five days, maybe even longer, maybe a month or so. And while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she did what? She brought forth her firstborn son. Now, most of the time, you know how this goes? She brought forth his firstborn son but not in this case because this baby Jesus was not the son of Joseph this baby Jesus was the son of Mary and the son of God fully man and fully God because he's the only one and this is the only way that he could be the only one that could save his people from their sins she wrapped him in swaddling cloths and Kathy was listening to a podcast and I don't remember who it was um, but there's two possibilities about these swaddling cloths we think that that's just pretty normal we think that's just pretty normal. They wrap them in the swaddling cloths kind of to keep them from flailing and scratching themselves and all that kind of stuff. But there are some theories that are out there. And one of them is that, um, is that when people traveled, they often took their burial clothes with them because they didn't know if they were going to die while they were away on a trip or not. And they think that maybe, possibly, these swaddling cloths that they wrapped him in were the burial clothes that Joseph had for himself. Now, if that's the case, then that points right to the fact that Jesus was going to die, that he was born to die. There's another theory out there, and the other theory is that, that, um, that when they were breeding sheep for sacrifices, and they found one, and it was, they inspected this, this sheep, and the sheep didn't have any blemishes, they would wrap that sheep up to protect it and to keep it safe so that it would not get any blemishes. And these might have been some of the swaddling cloths. Whether that is for sure or not, we don't know. But if that's the case, then it points to Jesus Christ as the perfect Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so when we look at this swaddling cloth idea, there's a whole lot more there than what we read when we read the phrase swaddling cloths. And he laid him in a manger, in a manger, a feeding trough, because there was no room for them in the end. 
Now, it's very possible that, that, and it says there was no room for them in the inn. There probably weren't very many inns in Bethlehem. It wasn't a particularly big town. It wasn't a particularly big place. And there was probably just one inn. And we give this poor uh, inn owner a bad name. But what was he going to do? Kick out a guest that had already been there? He may have asked around to have somebody go, somebody leave to give up their room for her, and it's possible that none of them wanted to. But they later laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. We make much of this, and we look at that sometimes, and we, we, we look at ourselves, and we go, do we have room for Jesus? You know, it's interesting to me, a lot of us have room for Jesus on Christmas and Easter. But what about the rest of the year? And, and, and you know... I read something today that basically said every day is Christmas. Every day is Christmas. And if we have room for Jesus on this evening and tomorrow during the day and any of the weeks leading up, we ought to have room for him every day of the year because every day is Christmas. We look at Jesus and we see, um, see these situations. He was, he was born... Uh, possibly in the poverty. He was born in a smelly stable. He was born in obscurity, loneliness. People didn't know he was there. You know, you think about the people that were at the inn. I wonder what they would have done if they would have realized what Mary knew and what Joseph knew, that this baby that was about to be born was the Messiah that they'd been waiting for for years, for hundreds of years. I wonder how many of them would have given up their place to stay so that Jesus could be born in a better place, so that Mary could have uh, a more uh, cleaner environment to give birth to her first son. But it wasn't them. They didn't get to see it. They didn't get to hear about it. The first ones that got to hear about it were the shepherds living out in the fields, the shepherds that were out. And, and you know, <laughs> if they were out in, their, out in the fields watching their flocks, they probably didn't have access to... Um, the bathtub. <laughs> all right? They probably didn't smell as good as you guys do tonight. All right? And I know they didn't smell as good as me because I took a shower and put on deodorant. And, and yet, and that's probably the way they lived most of the time. They probably, they were lowly. They were, they were probably, like he said, they probably didn't smell very good. They, um, they weren't trusted. They were, they were a people, a group of people that, that, that the Hebrew people pretty much looked down on. Oh, yeah, they took care of, their, uh, of the sheep, and they made sure that they had the right ones for the sacrifices, but they were not respected in that society. And yet, that's who the angels came to. An angel of the Lord stood before them, before these shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. The message, though, I mean, his appearance was one that frightened them, but the message was one was a message of reassurance. And he said, the angel said, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which be, will be to all people. It's interesting to, to me that he's bringing to them good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. And in a little bit, we're going to see what they did after they went to see Jesus. And he says this, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Unto you, for there is born to you, not just to Mary, but to you, for you. He is born so that you can have eternal life, so that your sins can be forgiven and washed away, 
so that this Lamb of God can be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. Now, the swaddling cloths may have been pretty normal, okay? But lying in a manger, that was definitely not normal for the day. And so this is definitely a pretty good sign. If you were the, the angels, and the, or pardon me, the shepherds, and the angels said to you, you're going to find a babe, and he's going to be in a stable, laying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling cloths. The swaddling cloths isn't a big deal. The swaddling cloths isn't what tells you who it is. It's the fact that he's in the stable, laying in a manger, lying in a manger. That's what's going to tell you that you have found the right one. So he gave them this sign. He's going to be wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. A multitude of the heavenly host. Uh, the, the, you know, I don't know what a multitude is. Somebody said it's like thousand times a thousand, okay? Uh, and, and there's, there's a, a huge number of the angels, not just the one, not just the one standing there giving the message, but then thousand times thousand angels standing there singing, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And you know, you think about that saying, and some people will, will look at that and say, on earth peace toward men of goodwill. But, but what we see here more than anything is we see that this peace that is, that is wished upon them, that is given to them, comes to us, to men, to mankind, not because we are people of goodwill. comes to us, though, because of the grace and the mercy of God, and it comes from God. Peace goodwill toward men. So when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, this shepherd said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to, to pass which the Lord has made known to us. Let's go to Bethlehem. And we're very far out from Bethlehem. They were pretty close. Let's go to Bethlehem. We're going to leave the sheep. We're going to wander off. We're going to go and we're going to find out about this. And they went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And I think this is interesting what happened. When they had seen him, they made widely known the saying, which was told them concerning this child. They made widely known the saying, which was told them concerning this child. What was told them? It was told them that, that he was going to be a savior, that, that he was um, uh, born in the city of David, a savior who was Christ the Lord, Messiah, anointed one. And so they made that widely known. That's interesting to me. This is the perfect time for that. I mean, people are, uh, are ready for something. You know, with all the stuff that's been going on in the world recently, with uh, Christmas coming, with everything that's happening, this is a perfect time to talk about Jesus. And they went out right after they heard, and they told others, everybody that they saw, what they had seen and what they had heard. And I love this next part. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. You notice what happened here. The shepherds believed the angel. And they believed the angel, so they went to see it. But we don't see any reports that all those who heard it went to see Jesus in the stable. They, I mean, there's no reports of it. But they marveled. They were amazed. That it, it, if you will, it freaked them out. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't understand completely. But they were amazed by it. Really? The Messiah has been born? I mean, I don't know about you, but if I'm a Hebrew, if I'm a Jew, and shepherds come to me and tell me that, I'm going to go. Well, I'm not sure I can believe these guys, but this is too good a story to pass up. This is something that's too good to ignore, and I need to go check it out. It doesn't say that any of them did that, but the, the, the shepherds did, and people were just amazed. <laughs> but Mary, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. 
I love that line. I love that line. Mary, did you know? And don't go there, Curtis. It's dangerous. Mary, did you know? You know, that song has taken on some, uh, that's probably one of the most popular uh, contemporary Christian songs for Christmas that we've heard in a long time. And yet it's taken some hits. Mary, did you know? And he goes, yes, you knew. And I'm going, I don't think so. See, that's why it's dangerous. I don't think she knew everything. I think she knew that what she had been told, that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, that he would be called the Savior, that he would be called the Messiah, that he would be, but I don't think she knew all those things in the song. Really? Did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Okay, so let me ask you a quick question. Ladies, did you know all of the things that your children did while they were growing up, before they grew up? I mean, if you did, if you did, and some of those things, my parents didn't know all the things I did when I was growing up. If they'd have known it ahead of time, they would have stopped me from doing it, right? I would have been a much better behaved young man than I was. I wouldn't have gotten in any trouble. I might have got my hiney whipped a few times, but I wouldn't have gotten in any trouble. But I would have got stopped from doing some of those things. And so I, I, ask, I look at that and I think, no, she didn't know all those things. She didn't know that he was going to raise people from the dead. She didn't know that he was going to give sight to the blind man. She didn't know those kind of things. But what she did know was that this baby boy that was born to her was Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. She knew that because that's what the angel told her. And this idea here where it says, and, and she kept these things and pondered them in her heart. There's a couple other scriptures uh, in, in, uh, in the Old Testament that use that same kind of phraseology. And in both of those scriptures, um, the person is just really wondering what's going on. They're confused. They don't know what's happening. They don't know all the details. They, they know some of them, and they're waiting for God to explain the rest of it to them. They're waiting for the rest of it to happen or for God to explain the rest of it to them. Mary didn't know, but she did know that this baby boy was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, that he was the Messiah, Emmanuel, God in flesh, incarnate, that he was the one that would come to die. Well, I don't even know if she knew that. But he was the one that would save his people from their sins. And we know from reading the text 2,000 years later, all of those things that he did, and of all of those things that he did, the most important one was that he died and rose from the grave. And we, we look at the pictures and we look at the nativities and, and, and we love those pictures because it tells us what God did for us. But it only tells us part of the story because without the death, burial, and resurrection, the birth wouldn't have meant much. And see, I look at this text and I see the, the shepherds spreading the word. I see Mary pondering and the people marveling and, and I see... The same kind of thing happening in our world today. Some people, some people rejoicing, singing glory to God in the highest. 
Some people marveling and thinking, well, what is this? What's going on? But really not checking things out too much. Some people not sure what's going on, but willing to take a little bit more uh, time and check it out. Study and listen to what God has to say to find out who is his child. Our last uh, candle is, of course, the Christ candle. And we read from John, John chapter 1. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. For he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believed in his name, who were born not of flesh, or not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, a glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth.